All right, we are here for, I guess this would officially be week two of our 4G podcast. Uh, this is Pastor Brian, and I'm here today with... Chris Rogers. Pastor Chris, I guess. I'm the youth pastor here. What do you mean you guess? You're guess. a pastor, dude. <laughs> I am. I am. Yeah, you are. Um, so we thought it'd be good to have Pastor Chris here. Pastor uh, Chris uh, is the point guy for student ministry. And Chris, I thought I'd start with a question. I took it from our discussion guide. We're going through a series right now called Unshaken and Unashamed. And I think others will be wrestling with this same question. Chris, what has God been teaching you from this sermon series so far? Have you learned something new or been reminded of some stuff you already knew? Yeah, no, I think that uh, a discussion on apologetics is just necessary. And in our culture, with students, just as a whole, I love apologetics. Uh, but yeah, so I think, I think the one thing that I was reminded of was how big God is. Yeah, you know just how how big he is. Uh, you know, you had a couple points in in uh, your sermon this last time, and you stayed awake for that. Most of it. Most of it. Okay, <laughs> I sit in like the second row. You're you're yeah, watching I, me I the whole do time. Watch you, man. <laughs> but yeah, you were talking about how God. Uh, it's all about him. Yeah. You know that we're not the hero, and uh, I was reminded when I preached just this last time with David and Goliath and it comes down with David, you know, and it's just like, we try to take and put ourselves in as the hero yeah, yeah. of that story that I'm David and my finances are my Goliath or whatever. And, and that it's not, we're, it's not about us. And even as a, a pastor, even as uh, maturing as a believer, I think it's easy to kind of fall back mm. into that point mm -hmm. where we see uh, ourselves in this and mm -hmm. almost lose sight of it's about him. Yeah. 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 Even some statements we hear like the Bible's God's love letter to me. Yeah. Well, okay. But the, that, that's not, that's not, there's more to it than that. Right. right? And because the Bible contains the narrative arc of which we discussed last weekend from creation to the fall, to redemption, to restoration, but at its heart, it's about Jesus, right. right? It's about the glory of God. and Or you hear this statement, if you were the only one on earth, Jesus would die for you. Right. Well, I get what's behind that because he does love us and for sure. But the fact is, it's not about us. It's right. all, it's his plan from eternity past. Uh, and we get the joy of being redeemed and to experience his grace and his mercy. Uh, Chris, I don't, I don't really want to put you on the spot, so I'll, I'll help so you. So you'll with, do it anyway. I'm going to do it anyway, <laughs> but I, you'll do fine on this. You mentioned apologetics. How would you define it? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think the uh, generic answer of that is it's, it's knowing how to defend your faith. Yeah. Um, and, and that's true. But man, I think it's so much more than that. It's, it's under grandma and grandpa, you believe why you believe mm. it. Not just because mom and dad, that's what they believe or grandma and grandpa or even your pastor, but it's because this is what I believe. And so I think when you wrestle through this idea of apologetics, uh, you come out of it at the end where you're saying, no, I'm choosing, I'm choosing Jesus for me, not because mm. it's what my family mm. uh, claims themselves as believers, but this is this is the God that I choose to follow the rest of my mm, life. Mm. And there's evidence. There's, oh, absolutely. Right. It's not just blind faith. There are reasons 
Yeah. Right? You can look at the evidence for the resurrection, the evidence in scripture. There's there's a lot of evidence. And uh, Chris, let's let's take back to a conversation you and I had downstairs maybe yeah. 15 minutes ago. You made an astute observation. I want our podcast listeners to hear what you said. And it it's worth um it's worth us thinking about. I think there's a lot of truth to it. So um it, so I'll set it up. I think you'll remember you were talking about what's happened generationally, right? So if yeah. you look at your parents' generation and then look at maybe 40 to 60-year-olds and then the next generation, what do you see happening kind of in the area of apologetics? Yeah, yeah. I find it interesting, you know, I've uh, as, a, as a believer as an adult, right? You know, I, I didn't come to saving faith until I was an adult. So I just went back to my parents who, who have been living this, this their whole lives, you know? Uh, but I asked them like, why do they believe what they believe? And, and it was interesting because uh, the, their response was, well, because I believe it. Yeah. And so there wasn't, uh, for them, it was, they believed it because they believed it. And yeah, yeah. and it was, it was that simple. And, and I'll be honest, I look at that and I'm a little jealous of that. Sure. And it's not, I don't think that's a shallow faith. No. Um, it's just a simple faith. But yeah. man, like I'm jealous of that sometime. Cause I'm like, well, why am I wrestling with all of these big questions? Okay. Then? Yeah. Uh, so, so when I talk with my folks, you know, that's kind of the generation that I see there is they just believed because it was in the Bible. And so it was true. And, and then you follow with the next generation and it was so much about apologetics and they needed facts to be able to prove why scripture was true. They needed facts to be able to prove why they believed what they believe is the, the problem now is, is that facts are relative, Mm. Right. Because it's not about, it's not about what proof is. It's about what I feel. Mm. And so now it's on feelings of what I feel is right. What I feel is wrong. What I feel is true. Uh, even to the point, like whatever I feel is my truth. Yeah. And so how do we meet students and how do we show them the truth of scripture when culture is telling them truth is found in your heart or truth is whatever your truth is. Wow. So let, let's trace that using some alliteration. For, <laughs> I can't help myself, but you actually did it. I'm just pointing it out. I haven't hanging around so, you too long. Hang, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, your parents' generation, faith. Yep. Bible says it. I believe it. Let's go. Yep. Faith and then facts, which would kind of my world when I came to Christ in college, like the Josh McDowell evidence that demands a verdict, right? right. Here's the evidence. What am I going to decide? And what you're seeing now in the younger generation is feelings driven. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I, I read a quote somewhere, like, how do you reach people who, who think with their feelings? Absolutely. Yeah. So go ahead and, and use an illustration. You were talking about gender when we were downstairs. How does that tie in? Right. I mean, I think that's just, yeah, it's a good uh, illustration of, of where we're at in culture now is that it doesn't matter biologically if I'm a man or a woman, it's what I feel I am. Mm. Right. And so if I feel that I am a, a woman, then that's, that's truth. Mm -hmm. And, and that's where we are culturally. And uh, to say anything different is an attack on me. And so you can't, you can't take in and, and attack me. And so when we look at our faith, then 
it's whatever I believe. It's whatever I feel is true. And man, like, how do you present the gospel to someone when they don't, when they feel like they're a good person? Oh, How do you man. present the gospel to someone and, and them to understand their desperate need for a mm-hmm. savior when quite honestly, they think they're God, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, which helps us circle back to the topic last weekend. Yeah. So to start with people like that, you don't start with sin because they don't understand that, right? You, you start with creation, that there's a God who made you yeah. and loves you. And that's what I like about the seminar last weekend. You had commented that it was worshipful. As Rick went through those 11 systems in the human body and then took us to the galaxies and then took us to human DNA. I mean, I got got like goosebumps. We're designed by a God who loves us. And so to appeal to that narrative, um, I I think that has traction for people today. And, And then to go to what happened? Something has gone wrong. And we know from the Bible that sin. And, and when Adam sinned, we sinned with him. When he was driving the bus of humanity and took it off the cliff, we went <laughs> yeah, down with him. Absolutely. Right? And so we got a problem right now. We, we lie, we steal, we cheat, we focus on ourselves. That can be traced back to Adam, but that's within each of us. So we have a problem. And Jesus came to solve that problem. He's our redeemer, our rescuer, if you will. And then it's got an ending, right? We don't live on this earth forever. We're going to live in one of two places, heaven or hell. And then God's got a conclusion to his story, right? It's, he's going to bring it all together. But it's his story, yeah. and it's all for his glory. And right at the center of that story is the gospel, is Jesus. And so that narrative arc works for somebody who is operating by faith or by facts or by feelings, right? right? So that, I think that's, that's one thing that hit me last week. We need to be ready for all approaches because people are at different places. Sure. Uh, Chris, before we go much further, I love uh, watching and seeing what God's doing in our student ministry. I had a meeting I had a meeting here last night, so we're recording this on on a Wednesday, rehearsing. So Tuesday night, I was in my office, and the student band was rehearsing. Yeah. And, oh my word, I I teared up to hear those voices coming through the floor. Songs of praise and worship, and Andrew Cato down there uh, leading the students, not just musically, but discipling them and and helping them see the what worship is all about. And and what struck me is these students are there on a Tuesday night in order to offer themselves to the Lord to serve their peers yeah. on Wednesday night tonight in worship and. That was just beautiful, and, and, and I just love watching what God's doing. I try to give them props. I try to celebrate, but I don't have to work at it because I, I'm just sold on what God's doing. Yeah. You have a front row seat. Yeah. What are some things you're seeing among students? Sure, they're, they're um, in a really hard spot, right? And so, okay, some of them, most of them think with their feelings. At the same time, I mean, they're trusting God for some big stuff, right? And they're living boldly on mission and praying for revival and growing in their love for missions and and all that. But I want to hear your thought on that. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting you talk about uh, praying for revival. That's... that's something that's been on my heart for years now. And I, I uh, about a year ago when 
Kyle transitioned to the discipleship pastor and I moved in as a youth pastor. That was the one thing I really tried to take and press into our students is when you look at revival, man, like revival starts with students, yeah. whether it's college or high school, but some of these great revivals have started with students and the importance uh, that they play. And so we've been praying for revival. And if you go back to a couple of weeks ago in service, uh, you know, there was a couple of things that, that really stuck with me. And one of them, one of your illustrations you had was uh, that you, you, you gave this story of this kid who stood in the offering plate, yeah. uh, but you went, you took it a step even further and you stood in that offering plate. And that's something that was just etched in my mind as you're just giving everything you have. Uh, and, and so uh, what, a, what an impactful thing, but to see that then how that transitions to our students is our students are doing something similar. Like they're, they're legitimate on this, right? Yeah. But they're praying for revival. At the end of that service, you asked if if anybody was ready to either give their life or to to rededicate, like to to say everything God you have. Yeah. And that's one thing that works on my heart. I remember the the moment uh, of salvation, but I remember that I was still holding on to a few things for myself. Yeah. And I remember just that time of of wrestling through what does that look like if I got give God everything. Yeah. And we had a room full of people that stood, hundreds of people stood saying, God, you can have it all. I'm throwing it all at the foot of the cross. And so I just, I love, I love that. But it goes back, like our students have been praying for revival. Yes. And I'm not saying it's revival that's breaking out yeah. by definition. We struggle but, with how to label it. Yeah. Right? Whatever's happening, something's up. As, right. As Pastor Ray says. Yeah. yeah. And so I just like. That's, I told the students, I'm like, hey, I think, I, I, I believe that if revival sparks out here, it's going to be in the student ministry. So I want to be here because I want to be a part of that. I want to be on the foundation of that. And, uh, and so it's just cool to see our students um, being shown value in the church, but yeah. our students taking ownership in this church of yeah. uh, that they're praying for, they're praying for grandma that's sitting in the back yeah, row yeah. and they're, you know, so like... They, it's, they're, they're definitely, I think, anti-cultural in the fact of so many of them are, are looking outside of themselves. Mm. Yeah. That's but, a good word. So great things are going on. The, the music's going on. They're amazing there. Uh, it, it's even to the point of, it's not just in misses and their lead ministry that they're playing, but they're being brought up to our normal Sunday services and they're leading music there. Uh, we've, um. Man, they're just digging in deep to some deep theology and wrestling with some hard concepts. That's the piece that I really care about. Yeah, because you run in deep waters. Yeah. And so that's that's where you're taking them. And um, I, I kind of made a joke recently that our, our student ministry is not about pizza and games, although there's <laughs> a place for games. Like that yeah. breaks ice and breaks the ice and builds community. And certainly pizza is fun to eat. But you got a lot of depth going on. Tell us about the series you're in right now. Yeah, yeah. When I was uh, I was talking with AJ, he's our youth assistant, and I'm like, man, like, where do our students need to go this next year? Like, what is it we need to to really press on them and take them? And and we made the decision that we are going to spend the next year in Romans. <laughs> and I love Romans. I love Romans. But man, it is meat. And yes. so, how do we take and break down this meat in a way that students understand? And I'm like. <laughs> They're ready for meat. They are, yeah. So they don't they don't need uh, they don't need milk. They're ready for meat. And so, uh, yeah. Tonight I actually get to speak on the second part of Romans chapter one. Okay, and it's on God's wrath. 
And so here we just talk about apologetics and we, you know, and it's, uh, it's, it's funny. God's wrath is actually one topic that I love to talk about. Yeah. Cause about a year ago you did maybe less than a year, <laughs> probably more than that, but yeah, yeah. But then that took you right to the gospel. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. I just don't know that we can understand, uh, how good God's grace <laughs> is yeah. if we don't understand the depth of our, of our sin problem. Mm-hmm. And so when we see, um, our depravity just really blunt right in front of us, man, all of a sudden we see our desperate need for the gospel. Mm. We see how good the gospel is. You know, I don't think, I don't think fear is a great motivator. And so I don't think uh, speaking on hell and wrath and everything is a great motivator, but God's future grace is one, one pastor shares. He's like, that's the piece knowing that I'm going to get up today and I'm going to, I'm going to live my life for Christ today. And I'm going to go hard at it, knowing I'm going to struggle, knowing I'm going to stumble but knowing that God's got grace, that he's more than willing to pour out on me uh, as I move forward. Mm. Coming back to him that night then, again, at the heart of repentance and a heart seeking him out. Mm. Again, I keep thinking of the narrative arc when you're talking about yeah. that, that. So you're talking about wrath. Why? Well, it's because of sin. Yeah. Right? And if we don't preach the necessity of repentance, the necessity of sacrifice that Jesus died in our place, that he paid the price. He propitiated our sins. He satisfied God's justice and justified us in the process. Mm. Um, that, and as a result, he not only forgives our sins, he declares us to be righteous. That's the glory of the gospel. Uh, right there, Chris, and you're right at the heart of that in Romans oh. as you walk through that and talk about a logical presentation of the gospel that the Apostle Paul goes through yeah. uh, in Romans. Paul's super cool on this. If I can, I'm going to interrupt you here for just a second. So I was working on the on my lesson for tonight, and there's one pl- or there's twice in the second part of Romans that it talks about that they exchanged, and in verse 23 it says they exchanged the glory of the immortal God immortal God. And then in verse 25, it, it says they exchanged the truth about mm. God mm. for a lie. And the result of that is that God gave them up. Right. And so it starts talking about how, how God just was like, okay, then live the life you want to live. And man, that kind of wrecked me because I'm like, I just don't want to get to that point where God just finally says, okay, then live how you want to live. But but the, the the encouraging part, the exciting piece about all this is, is if you go just a few verses before in uh, first chapter, verse 14, here's Paul and he says he's an gospel, right? And even to the point that in 16, he says he's not ashamed of the gospel. Mm. So here's this guy who by the world standards was perfect. He had it all together. He was living the life he should be living. But in the eyes of God, he was so far away from him. And uh, to this point that he had, uh, he had exchanged the glory of God, right? Paul had exchanged um, the truth that he knew from seeing the world around him. So here's Paul though. He knew it. He lived it. Yeah, he yeah. knew the depth yeah. of his sin. He yeah. knew the depth of it all. And so he looked at these people and he was excited to share the gospel. Yep. So he says he was eager to share the gospel with him. Wow. So how do we live our life like that? How do we live our life saying, man, I know how God's worked in my life. Yeah. I see how he's working in the lives of believers around me. Man, I want to grab more people. I want to take more yep, people yep, with yep, me. Yep. 
It's like when our belief matches our behavior. Absolutely. I've heard Chastity talk about that. That's her heart for junior hires. Yep. Like, okay, they believe these things and I'm going to help them believe more and get grounded so they're unashamed of the gospel and unshaken in their faith. But when it all comes down to it, your belief has to get translated into your behavior on how you live so that you are like amped up to share the gospel and people look at your life like, okay, I see something different. There's something there and therefore I'm going to take a step and and trust in that area. Chris, as you were you were talking about Romans, uh, there's something cultural happening right now, kind of a trend, and you're kind of a trendy guy. <laughs> That's why I got the mustache. That's it. Yeah. But where's the handlebars? I know. Where'd those go? It, it, Did this Jamie is say what, no? When you go to trim the mustache up a little and you go a little aggressive, it kind of all falls, falls yeah. apart. Yeah, you're yeah. kind of aggressive too. So you're... <laughs> You're trendy, you're aggressive. Yeah. Man, everything you want a youth pastor. <laughs> uh, so we're talking about Romans. Here, here's the trendy thing. Um, I'm, I'm not on TikTok, but I, I like to stay up to date on, on the different trends. And there's a, a TikTok challenge, if you will, out there. And, and I guess it all started kind of harmless. Some uh, woman asked her boyfriend or husband, how many times do you think of Roman civilization, right? Yeah. And, and it's all these guys now are jumping in and surprising us because <laughs> I, don't, I don't really think about aqueducts and architecture. No. You probably think of the gladiators though, do you? Well, I mean, you know, we just got back from Israel and there's a little bit of that architecture that's kind yeah. of seen there. And, and I, I, I stood in awe looking at that, but it was, I, I thought more about a cup of coffee and a donut today than what I did. <laughs> <laughs> what I did, aqueducts in the Roman Empire. <laughs> but what hit me here, you're studying the book of Romans. Paul's writing to the church at Rome. And at the time, he hadn't even been there. Yeah. Right. And he greets all these people by name. I and mean, he's got such a heart. Um, but more than 200 years ago, a guy wrote a six volume series called The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire. Mm. He spent 20 years studying the Roman Empire, and here's why. He wanted to find out how a nation that was so great, aqueducts, architecture, right, oh, yeah. and all those Roman gods, they followed the Greek gods, and they all these smart people and all of that. He wanted to find out how did that nation suddenly implode. Now, interestingly, that first volume was published in 1776, the year our country was born. So this is an old um, study he did. But he listed five primary reasons for the collapse. And he said, the undermining of the sanctity of the home, which is the basis of society. That's Mm. number one. And we live in Illinois, number two, higher and higher taxes. (laughs) But with that, the spending of public money on bread and circuses. Circuses stands for pleasure, right? Making people happy, which leads to number three, the mad craze for pleasure with sports becoming every year more exciting and more brutal. Yep. Whoa. Number four, the building of gigantic armies to fight external enemies when the most deadly enemy, the decadence of the people, lay within. Because mm. sin was on check. They were yeah. just living for themselves. And there was so many you know, abortions were happening and all this sexual deviance was going on. It was, 
Yeah, but number five, this is the one that's really gripping. The decay of religion. Faith fading into mere form, losing touch with life and becoming impotent to guide it. Wow. So listeners, that's that's a sober warning for us because that's our culture today. We're on that same downward trajectory where we want to just focus on making ourselves happy. Like I mentioned this last week, anything we can do to maximize our pleasure Mm -hmm. and minimize our pain. And and we're certainly headed that way. Um, I I think one one thing I want to mention, Chris, before we wrap up, um, Hannah Cato uh, sent me something that I just thought was so helpful. So in 2010, Hannah was in high school. Yeah. Uh, she's still young, right? They have four uh, children. They're just all, they're sold out to Christ. After the message this past weekend, when we talked about creation, the fall, redemption, and restoration, it triggered a memory in her mind. So in 2010, she was out in New York with a ministry called Spread Truth Ministries, and they used those four key corner pieces, if you will, of the meta-narrative as a way to do evangelism. Okay. So, for instance, creation. You, you meet somebody and you say, hey, how do you think the world began? Yeah. And you just listen. You listen to how they answer that. And then the next question, what do you think went wrong? And people look at our world today and they know we're yeah. spinning out of control, right? And that deals with the fall, yep. sin. Right. And then the next question she would ask her and her team was, is there any hope? Mm. Like, what kind of hope do you see out there? And then finally, what do you think happens when we die? Yeah. And so she was just thrilled to hear the sermon and go, whoa, those four questions go along with that narrative arc of creation, fall, redemption, and restoration, which reminded me of something I read by Colin Smith. It's um, he, he's written a lot, but uh, one of his devotionals called Unlocking the Bible. Check out what he writes. The Bible is one story that begins with two people in a garden and ends with a crowd, too many to number, in a city. Mm. That's the end of Revelation. Yeah. In the Bible, God tells us the story of how we got from this beginning to where we are today and how we will get from where we are today to the ending he has revealed. Many people today know a number of stories from the Bible, but they do not know the story of the Bible. Mm. That is like holding a bunch of pearls in your hand, but having no string to hang them on. The Bible was written over a period of 1,500 years, beginning with Moses and ending with the apostle John, 50 to 60 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus. And then this, this, listen to this. But the whole Bible has one main subject or focus, and that is Jesus Christ himself. Mm. Uh, one of the uh, children's books that really captures this is a book by Nancy Guthrie, and it's called I See Jesus. And this was featured this last weekend. Yeah. Right? We featured this uh, during our announcements. We had uh, a bookstore here, and I want you to talk a little bit about the Edge bookstore that, that we're launching Absolutely. soon. But the basic principle here, I'm, I'm paging through the book now. It's called I See Jesus, 
And uh, Chris tells me we have some copies of this available, so maybe you can pick one up this weekend. But here's the idea. It goes through Old Testament narratives, and it shows there's a shadow behind all of these sacrifices and Noah and the ark, and that shadows Jesus. Um, Colossians 2.17, these are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. And it's just so well done in helping our children know that Jesus is prominent. Actually, he's preeminent, Yeah. right? Uh, in fact, some of us in our lives, Jesus is prominent. He's important, but we need to make sure he's preeminent, right? Mm. Which will be the passage of, by the Lord's grace and mercy that, that I will be teaching from this weekend, Colossians 1. Okay. Uh, Jesus is preeminent. He's not just prominent. And John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So in our pluralistic culture, kind of two things running through my mind. On Wednesday, I have a long way to go on the message, but you have progressive Christianity, which has just redefined Jesus. Yeah. So that would be in the church with quotation marks, that's progressive Christianity. But then you have religious pluralism that would say all roads lead to heaven. It doesn't matter which one you're on. So that's a little preview of where we're headed this weekend because we need to Christians be certain of who Jesus is and what he came to do and be unshaken and unashamed of the gospel. So Chris, this last weekend, we focused on... On, well, we had a seminar here, right, on apologetics, and then we brought in a bookstore, and I was so pleased to see so many of our people buying resources. Well, they weren't buying them. They were carrying them out in loads. They were. It was they awesome. Were, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love the line. He's like, well, I take credit cards. If, if, <laughs> if you don't have one, use somebody else's. And, but I, I was just thrilled to see all those resources yeah. into the hands of our people. So after the service, you and Kyle kind of huddled up. Um, and thought of an idea, and it sounds like that's in process. Tell us about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a couple things here. So, so one thing is is that you know I, I didn't become a believer until I was 30, and so I had kids already. And uh, for me, it got to be a little overwhelming. Of how do I how do I see that overarching story in Scripture? How do I how do I understand all the small narratives that's going on, but the overarching narrative of it all being about Him? And and I got a little overwhelmed with that. And I had I had one pastor friend of mine. He's like, "You just have to be one day ahead of your kids." Ooh, that's good. And so, so you're I was learning like, as you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so here I'm trying to take and lead my home well as a believer, as a new believer. And I'm like, okay, I just have to know one day more than what my kids know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I started getting some good resources. I started digging straight into scripture. But I'm like, man, I need I need help understanding some of this. But uh, yeah, so I just know the value of having good resources in my hand. To uh, to really begin to understand the faith that uh, 
that I had already signed up for. Yeah, yeah. But uh, to know how to lead my wife well, to know yeah. how to lead my kids well, to know what it meant to be a godly man uh, when culture's telling us everything different. And so anyway, so yeah, we decided uh, we got a bunch of resources from uh, the bookstore that was here. And so we're going to have a small resource area that's going to be set up here at Edgewood now. And so uh, there'll be uh, a display that'll be near the cafe with the resources we have. You can purchase those at the cafe. So one one cool thing that I do have from that is, again, as a new believer, when I walked into a quote unquote Christian bookstore for the first time, I didn't realize how vastly different the theology was in some of those books. And so uh, one thing that I appreciate with this is these books have all been vetted by yeah. staff here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so you can, you can just have some confidence as you walk up knowing that this is good material yeah. that the staff supports, the Edgewood. Uh, of an experiment, isn't it? This, this edge, I don't know what we're calling it, edge bookstore, I guess for a better word. Yeah. You'll probably come up with a better title, but. <laughs> uh, I have people to do that. But. You have people, but it's descriptive. <laughs> it's yeah. the idea. So there'll be a display, like with this book, I See Jesus by Nancy Guthrie. There'll be one book on display. Yep. Right? Um, and people, because we want people to pick it up and page through it. If they want to purchase that book, they come to the cafe where they can use their debit card or credit card. Right. Yep. And, or pay cash. Absolutely. Okay. And so we've got we've got additional copies uh, there at the cafe. So yeah, it'll be a display. You can check out, see if there's any of those resources uh, that you're interested in. Come to the cafe, and you can then purchase those through the cafe. But ultimately, the heart is is we want you as believers to mature in your faith. We yeah, want you as right. believers to to really right to make God preeminent yep. uh, in your life. And so we just want to get whatever resources it takes in your yep. hands to help you do that. Yep. Yep. Church, it's all about Jesus, and he came to die in our place and was raised on the third day. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's coming again. And he's setting up his kingdom, and those of us who know him will reign and rule with him forever. Yeah. Wow. But church, we also have a mission, don't we? There's a lot of people who don't know the story or have not embraced the story. So let's never forget, we're called to live on mission for the glory of God. It's good for us to grow, of course. It's good for us to have music and books, of course. We listen to sermons, is that helpful? Well, I hope so, if you stay awake. <laughs> but Guilty. we're here ultimately to be equipped to live on mission for the glory of God, to take the gospel to all the generations, starting with our own families, moving to our neighbors, and neighbors means on campus, right? Or literally next door at the workplace, and then going to the nations with the gospel. And that's one reason why we're doing this 4G podcast. We gather, we gather for God, we grow, we take our faith seriously. Spiritual growth is not automatic, it's intentional. We give, we wanna give what God has given to us. We often say no one can give everything, but everyone can give something. We wanna see everybody serving here at Edgewood, everybody giving, yeah. and then finally going with the gospel. Yeah. Uh, so that that's what we're all about. Chris, do you have anything to add? No, I think to, to tag on with that, again, if you go back to, to Romans, man, Paul was eager to do that, <laughs> yes. right? Yeah. So Paul was 
eager to take and share the gospel. And so how do we take, and uh, I've been praying for God just to continue to build that fire in my belly to want to share the gospel. Amen. Why don't you close us in prayer in light of that? Father, we love you, God, and we thank you. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the breath that you've given us. We thank you for the, uh, the time here just to be able to dig into your word a little further. God, we just uh, pray that you use us boldly and give us opportunities to do exactly that. Give us opportunities to share the gospel, to share the hope that we have in you, to share the the comfort that only you can that only you can bring. God, there is a broken, broken world out there of hurting people. God, help us to look different. And as believers, you call us to be different. So God, help us reflect you. Help us to just speak up when you give us those opportunities. God, ultimately from it all, be glorified. Father, we love you and praise you and lift it up for you. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for tuning in. If you found this to be beneficial, it's helpful if you would give this podcast a rating uh, and even a review, not because we need to see that. Well, we kind of do. <laughs> but it's more so the ratings cause the podcast to be found by yep. more people, right? right? So right. more people have access to that. So keep living on mission and let's keep taking the word and applying it to our world.